Hi, everybody. I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. I'm Alana Rennie of University of Arizona Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Kate Privet of TCU Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. You've tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob Mike. Good day, everyone, and it's episode one of College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20 on screen. We've got our rookie on the screen, Kate Privet of TCU, formerly of Florida State, and Charlie Ekstrom, the longtime tree or Stanford <laughs> Cardinal. Ladies, thanks for coming back on again. Always thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, literally always a pleasure. You know this. <laughs> Well, I love one of the posts I saw this week already, and it was Mads Fitzpatrick on FaceTime with Kate on screen there, yeah. talking about great memories. And now the connection, I should have known that there's a little insider information going on between. Yeah, we always FaceTime, you know, we talk about, <laughs> I mean, some volleyball, but we talk about a lot of things. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to go into week one, and there were, were a lot of duels, a lot of matches, a lot of sets, a lot of news. So I don't even know where to begin. And we were talking about that before we jumped on here. So let's just start with some milestones that have been accomplished. Charlie Ekstrom on the screen, 60 career wins as a Cardinal in her 19th year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, great, great accomplishment for you, Charlie. And that's a, and you are, you didn't want to talk about it, but I was going to talk about it anyways. But where do you stand now? 60 career wins put you where in the Stanford annals? Yeah, so I tallied up a couple more since then. So I'm at 64 now. Um, and that puts me as the sole holder of the number two overall all-time wins leader spot. I did say that I wasn't going to talk about it. but <laughs> Hey, when something big happens, we got to talk about it, even if it involves you guys. So... <laughs> <laughs> and with that let's jump over to your coach who received his 100th career win Andrew Fuller who is responsible for getting me in touch with you to come on a college volleyball weekly three years ago which I think is absolutely hilarious and I think if I was just awkward about my response there you should have seen Andrew when we were celebrating him today um because our two wins today as a program put him at 100 exactly and they, we put it up on the board. We had a little ball for him and you could not, he looked so flabbergasted. It was the funniest thing ever. We like give him the ball and he's like, this is for you guys. And we're like, no, we made it for you. It was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. He's like, he's like, I don't know what to do about this. I had no idea. We were like, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to get the dubs today. That's all that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> so shifting milestones. Kate Privet as well, 100 career wins over two programs, which is phenomenal and just missing out on a natty last year. But I mean, still a great story for Florida State. Describe the journey of getting that hundo. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of great partners along the way, so it's been it's been nice. I got I mean, I got 96 of my wins at Florida State, so I have to give like it's mostly Florida State. I love TCU, but you know, so yeah, um, I had some great partners and I don't know, it's exciting. I feel like in like my past four years, I don't know, it's just nice to feel accomplished, I guess, <laughs> but I, I have a lot to do this season. So yeah. I know. Well, we're only one week in and we know that's actually a great segue into some other stuff that's going on, other milestones. Um, for Stetson, uh, head coach Christina Hernandez, 200th win for her in her 10th season, a six-time A-Sun champion and four-time A-Sun coach of the year. Solid for Stetson. Uh, Christina interviewed her in the pre uh, preview show. Phenomenal personality. And uh, love what she's doing out there in Stetson. Um, but from there, let us jump into the play that we saw this week. I'll toss it out to you, ladies. But which one do you want to talk about? Because there are so many out there this week. Let's go, uh, Kate. What do you want to talk um, about? I really liked following around, along with the Hawaii 
um, tournament that Charlie was at with Stanford. It was, I was interested to see everybody's lineups. Um, I feel like Charlie, y'all's team didn't switch around as much, but I feel like UCLA, have, they do they have a different lineup like every time? It was, so I think honestly, most teams like at the tournament, like that we saw had like some semblance of switching. We stayed consistent at our ones and twos. Uh, and fours but we had mixing at our threes and fives due to some um illnesses and just general mixing because it's early in the season UCLA I'd say they did and more mixing than we did because like UCLA is a very deep team but I'd say similar like they had a similar ones like almost their same ones the most of the time they mixed up at their twos at their fours kept their fives. I think their threes might've mixed up a little bit too, but there was a lot of mixing. I mean, Hawaii mixed up their, Hawaii mixed up their whole lineup too. Like their fours and their threes were kind of flipping back and forth, but their fives changed and their, I don't know, there was a lot of lineup mixing around to that tournament. Yeah. I mean, now's the time to do it just to get, just to see how your teams compare to other teams and to get people experience. And yeah, like Charlie said, UCLA has a really deep team. So it's probably hard for Stein and Jenny to figure out who they want to get in there but (laughs) I had fun watching um that tournament and I think they were the y'all were the first ones to start on Thursday so I feel like a lot of teams hadn't started yet so all eyes were really watching then because I mean we weren't playing till Saturday so yeah that was my probably my favorite tournament to follow along well it's a great launching pad for all the information I've got here but one of the key matches was Stanford Hawaii. That was a seven nine pole matchup versus uh, what was Hawaii? Listen, I didn't get theirs on here. I think they were I think 10, they're nine ten. I 10, think they're yeah, nine ten. But it was a barn burner three two. Walk us through how that happened, Charlie. Since yeah. were- <laughs> so it was three two both times that we played them. We were actually able to edge ahead this time around, but it was definitely a little bit we were really excited to get another chance because last year we actually had almost an identical matchup in that same tournament where we played Hawaii. We beat them three, two, the first day. And then the second day we lost to them three, two, we might've even beat them for four, one the first day, but I think it was three, two. And then we lost to them in the playoff rounds of the tournament, the second day in the semis, which knocked us out of the tournament. We were done go home, bad taste in our mouth. So this year winning at three, two, the second day, honestly, I think that win was, better for us than the first day even was the the first day like came down to the line it came down to the threes the duel was tied to two it came down to the third set um and our threes ended up pulling it off but then when we came back and played Hawaii the next day our threes blocker Emma Morris went down with sickness and so she was not in our lineup we pulled in one of our freshmen Lene Anderson is her name she's from Sweden and it was like her first time, her first matches of college was when she was thrown into the threes with not very much practice with our, her partner at the time, Taylor Wilson. And they ended up being the dual decider for us on that Saturday match. And they won in three and they won in three pretty solidly, but they lost the first set. And so I remember I was in the third set on with Kate Riley, my partner, the two of us, we were fighting off points and we knew that it was between one of us, but we had no idea what the dual score was. So we're like, okay, we got to keep fighting. And then all of a sudden we hear like game Stanford dual called and we looked at each other. We're like, no way. Like that's the coolest thing ever because all of the points in the duel came from freshman pairs that day. Wow. That was pretty awesome for us. Well, speaking of freshman pairs, your number fours pair of Ashley Vincent, Kelly Bellardi, six and zero on that week, and I'm sure they played today, but I didn't get the result handy. But wow, some phenom- uh, freshman phenoms already on the roster, huh? Oh my goodness, yes. I was saying this earlier, and I think it's so funny. Those two, they crack me up because they're like two of the most phenomenal volleyball players, but. It is wild. Like they had about three days of practice together prior to playing these matches. So none of us really knew how it was going to go. They did not drop a single set in Hawaii. They were six and oh, 12 and oh. Today they bumped up. They played one match at the threes and one at the fours. They went two and oh, four and oh on the day. They didn't drop a set. So they are currently eight and oh, 16 and oh on their collegiate careers. And they're just playing phenomenal volleyball. I honestly, no, like no shots fired at any of the pairs that are pair of the week currently because everybody fought off and earned their spots. But I do think that Kelly and Ashley might have gotten robbed out of an even potentially national pair of the week. 
um, because of the fact that they did not drop a set and they are two freshmen. And I was just really impressed by how well they handled themselves that first weekend. All hate mail, charlie.extrem at gmail.com, please. Not me. <laughs> not my email, which is even better. You can go ahead and send it to that one. <laughs> Well, let's uh, uh, go to the other matches there. And it was the Outrigger Duke Kahanamoku Beach Classic is what that tournament was. Uh, UCLA ended up winning out and um, it looked like they're pretty strong as we were all talking about earlier before jumping on. But it looked Maggie Boyd, Lexi Denberg at the ones went five and zero. Sophie Moore and Tessa Van Winkle four and zero, and they switched their threes up a bit with uh, Perry heading with, uh, actually Perry with Tessa again in the threes or in one of the duels, and they went 1-0. And at the fives, Haley Holgren and Riley Powers went 5-0. And then they switched it up a little bit with Nellie Muskowski and Riley, who went 1-0. With that tournament, you had Lexi Denberg on all-tournament team, along with Charlie Ekstrom and Maggie Boyd. I didn't get the name of the Stephen uh, Austin athlete, though, because it wasn't on the release. Uh, you're muted I think Charlie I was not um there actually there wasn't a Stephen F Austin team member on the all tournament team but it was myself um I think I I can name it off I was named best blocker um Lexi was MVP well learned she kicked butt this weekend um Maggie Boyd was the best defender of the tournament uh best offense uh slash best attacker was Brooke Van Sickle of Hawaii and uh, final award is the Aloha Spirit Award, um, the Duke Hanamoku Aloha Spirit Award, which was given was which was awarded to Holly Hare of St. Mary's. Okay, there we go. Well, we got that all settled, but you know, from the conclusion of that tournament, what do we know about these teams, and what could how that could that impact the season? And I wanted to get your thoughts, Kate, being that you know you don't get to see them too regularly, you will see some of them, but. Any indicator of what could be? Sorry, I was muted. Um, <laughs> I think we're seeing from, like we talked about UCLA, a lot of depth in the lineup. Um, they have a lot of people that can come in and out, whatever they need. I think Stanford, we're seeing, Stanford's always great, but as Charlie and you guys mentioned, like those freshmen, I think that's really big to have those freshmen contributing um, to the team so early on because I mean it's promising for this year but it's also really promising for the program in the future and then Hawaii I just think Hawaii is always really gritty I haven't actually played Hawaii since my freshman year but they're always just like a gritty scrappy team they're good at playing in the wind a little bit unconventional so I'm excited to see what else they do this year I feel like that tournament was a really good it was really good fun to watch and then I think there will be a lot of changes in all of the team's lineups, and I'm excited to see what the lineups look like by the end of season. Yeah. Well, let's go to the tournament that you are at, Kate, and TCO uh, 4-0 this weekend, dual-wise, but, you know, fill us in with some of the details here. Okay. Um, So we went to Houston. We played um, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which um, they made it to nationals last year. They they won the – they won their conference, the Sunbelt Conference. Mm-hmm. And then um, Central Arkansas was there. They were super scrappy. And then HBU was also there. And that's another scrappy team. So it was cool to see. These are more local teams to Texas. There's not very many Texas teams. So, I mean, Central Arkansas is obviously not from Texas, but it's fun to play the other Texas teams. And it was good. Um, it was just a good first weekend for our team. We got some wins under our belt. We got to work through a few kinks and we're ready. We're ready for season. <laughs> <laughs> now did uh, coach Hector uh, mix the lineup at all? Um, yes, we mixed up. We mixed up our fives, I think every game. And then the last game we mixed up pretty much all of our pairs. So yeah. I guess it even lose a single dual point this last weekend. I was looking at the results here next to me. <laughs> Pure domination. Looks like the <laughs> Sandy Frogs are coming to play. I was gonna say, Miss Humble over here. I was, I was checking. I was like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, we're missing something here. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm thinking that it was a bunch, a series of sweeps, which is. Awesome. <laughs> 
this weekend <laughs> and we, yeah we got a lot of different career wins that's for sure <laughs> yeah that was fun <laughs> remarkable accomplishment kate and i'm excited that you're actually here now to celebrate it and get it out there as well because Me too. thank you that's the whole point of us doing this is to get beach volleyball out there so and the athletes and so forth but uh congratulations to tcu and to kate and uh looking forward to what the sandy frogs and we doing here in the upcoming weeks but we still have some other things that happened here um let's jump to georgia state also undefeated this weekend but you know the way they got it done this weekend there are some tight ones but their threes and fives took care of business and you had angel and bella ferrari which we talked about a little bit they started off in the twos in the first two duels and jumped into the ones but they're undefeated still so um amazing pair and i you know, I've been putting on all the threads, like, I cannot wait to see this team play in person. Because uh, from what I believe is Elena or someone was sharing last week that, or two weeks ago, that they block, they pull, they play scrappy defense. And I'm like, they're five, four, five, five. <laughs> so thoughts on uh, Georgia State, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, I think Georgia State, I think we were, I was really excited to see them coming out this year, because they were kind of my like, personal fan favorite team of last year with them like they were the upset queens of the NCAA tournament last year I mean they upset TCU pre-Kate being there but um Georgia State I mean they were on fire at the end of last season and the Ferrari twins are a name that is not unfamiliar to our mouths like they were absolutely insane last year but them moving up in the lineup and still showing that they can be it's funny to call them a powerhouse team because again they're like such a small team that's scrappy and but they just get their job done like I would label them as a powerhouse because they just know how to get the job done which is really really cool out of them yeah Kate anything to add on that yeah I'm really excited to see Georgia State um they're going to be at the tournament we're at this weekend and um, as we talked about the Ferrari twins, they're great. I'm excited to see the rest of their lineup and Beth always has them ready. So I, that's actually our first duel that we're playing on Saturday. So I'll, I'll let y'all know how it goes <laughs> next week. Any uh, internal streams happening that, that you're aware of, or is that only for family members? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I know yeah. like DC live streams at home, but we're in Tampa. So I don't know if their courts have a live stream, but if they do, I'll, Text we'll get it out there and i'll put it on the threads and and social okay Okay. good stuff though angel uh angel and bella ferrari georgia state some good stuff coming from that program let's jump over to usc and what i think is interesting is that usc the ones and threes are getting it done and you go who's playing at the number ones if you're playing they're like oh my gosh you got craft and you got maple to play against they i'm sure Coach Dan will say, oh, they didn't play clean ball. I watched quite a bit of it, and I didn't really see any errors. And they used to play together in juniors and early on in some USA U19s. I'm like, these girls have got it. So uh, thoughts on SC and what they're doing so far this season. We'll start with you this time, Kate. Um, As you mentioned, SC has a great ones team. Everybody knows Megan Kraft. She's been dominating the ones ever since she was a freshman. And Delaney Maple is one of the best defenders. So it's really cool to finally see them together again. Cause I feel like the past couple of years, like we were all waiting for the reunion. So that's cool to see. And then I also um, feel like SC is playing a lot of freshmen. They had at the fours, they had Gabby Walker. Um, she played both games, but then they also had um, another freshman Maben from mm-hmm. Texas. And then I think they have a freshman at the threes and the fives too. So they're playing three or four freshmen yeah. every game. So I mean, that's cool to see that um, just all those freshmen getting experience and I'm excited to see them continue to play what changes they make in their lineup. Yeah, this may have been Thomas you're referring to the other freshman at the threes mm-hmm. is playing with the graduates and it's Madison White, the team of Maddie's Madison yeah. White, Madison Shields. So uh, and they looked really good as well. And Gabby Walker um, was doing some great work. Also, they lost a tight one, though, to Long Beach State. But. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Charlie, I, thoughts on USC at number four, I believe they are. Kate, did you have one more thing to add there? I think um, on the fives, a freshman, Delaney Carl, is also playing with the graduate student, Ashlyn Rasnick pope from LSU. So it's cool that they're getting the experience from the graduates 
when they're freshmen. So I think that's a good little combo they have. Yeah. Yeah. I think going off of that, I think with USC, I feel like this is the first year that we're really seeing like a lot of fresh faces in the USC lineup. I mean, historically they get a decent amount of grad transfers, um, but they also will, we have the familiar faces. I feel like that always come in and we still have the very familiar faces of the Norse twins, um, Audrey, Nicole, and with Megan and Delaney, like those are four players that have, I think those are the four returning players out of USC's NCAA championship winning winning lineup last year. And so we know that those four are seasoned vets to the program are going to get their jobs done, but I think it's cool coming in and seeing some freshmen and seeing some fifth year transfers who are not necessarily as familiar to the USC program, but coming in and being able to make a difference. The one thing that I will say is that USC's two wins um, they're two and oh, but they were both three, two wins. And so I think that I'm intrigued to see where USC goes if the lineup stays the same, if the lineup adjusts, because GCU and Long Beach State, they're both very talented teams. But I think those are, um, it's awesome that USC edged ahead, but it's definitely showing that this national championship winning program might be um, less unbeatable than they've been historically. And so uh, I'm excited. We face them this weekend. They're our second match of the day on Saturday. And so I know that we're coming out guns blazing, ready for They're this. They're going to play this video clip on their board to motivate <laughs> them, right? <laughs> I mean, hey, I, again, I have nothing but an incredible amount of respect for the like all of the program that USC is. And like I was saying, they've done some fantastic things. They have some awesome little combos. Like you were saying, Kate, with the freshman fifth year combos, I think that that's one of the like cutest combos that there possibly could be because you have like this seasoned vet to NCAA beach volleyball coming in with this super fresh face and a freshman who's got a lot of talent so USC's got a lot of options to work for it's just a matter of what they're going to put out this weekend and in the weekends to come yeah um looking at one of the other teams that kind of turned heads in week one Stetson taking down number 12 preseason number 12 FAU um I don't get to see a lot of them I'm I'm hopefully I'm hoping that you guys are familiar with what Christina Hernandez does with her program. I just see the, the box scores and all that, but it looks like they're doing some pretty phenomenal things being that she has been the, you know, 10 season, six time ASUN champion and four time coach of the year. You know, they actually know how to win. So uh, any thoughts on Stetson and what they did in week one and whoever wants to take a step. Um, so I've played Stetson a lot the past four years, obviously Florida state Stetson they're, easy drive and um really close to each other so it's easy to play um and they're just a very scrappy hard-working team I know they have their ones player Shay Henson she's been on the ones for a couple years and she's really been killing it but yeah they they won against good schools um so I'm really excited to see what they continue to do but they're always they're always when we play them like we were like okay we gotta turn it on you shouldn't sleep on them and as we saw, they almost they almost upset UCLA at the national championships last year. I know they beat USC one year, so they know how to turn it on at the right time. So I'm excited to watch them this season. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? Anything to add? Yeah, I think Kate hit the nail on the head. I feel like Stetson, when I think of Stetson, I think of like scrap ball. Like I think like they are gritty. And like you were saying, like they're they're another team. Like Georgia State was the queens of, were the queens of the upsets last year, but Stetson's historically been the queens of the NCAA championship upset. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to make another late run, um, similar to the way that they have in the past. And starting out with an upset is always a great way to start. Um, and it looks like, too, looking at these stats here, that their threes and fives were really the pair that consistently got it done for them. Um, so having a consistent threes and fives, having that consistent mid to lower lineup, um, depth is always good for a team. I think that that was a general theme of last year that we saw is that a lot of the wins weren't necessarily just done at the ones and the twos. We see the threes, fours, fives when teams are strongest, it's when they're strongest at their threes, fours, and fives. So, um, Stetson already showing that they have that is a really cool place to be in. So the threes are Audrey Gauthier, a Canadian and Gabriella Bramante, and their fives are Lauren Della and Kennedy Warren. And they were pretty solid all week. And they're the ones that are tipping the scales Stetson's way in their duels. So they really kicked it in. I, I'm assuming it was a three-court setup. So they were one, three, five. They were the second uh, wave of 
of flights that were going at it. So they were the ones that are the decisive uh, mat, uh, duels so or matches. Um, let's jump back out to the West Coast, so to speak. And another team that is taking care of business. Unfortunately, she's missing a night, the Arizona Sandcats. And looking at how they got it done this weekend, they are 4-0. But if you notice that the number three pairs, none other than Alana Rennie and uh, Cook, Grace Cook, her partner, are 4-0. And they were dominating this weekend. Um, we'll start with our the fellow Pac-12 team or opponent in Charlie. And thoughts on Arizona's performance this last weekend? Honestly, I was excited I was excited for any Pac-12 team that won to be honest like as much as I want to beat other Pac-12 teams I'm always excited to see the Pac-12 succeed um and Arizona is no like exception to that rule and so seeing them get it done seeing a fellow viral volley cast member seeing Atlanta get it done um so consistently and again Arizona is another team that you look at similar to Stetson like they were four and oh their jobs were got were getting done consistently at the threes and fives. Like Alana was putting up her four and zero wins. Their fives pair of Miranda Arrow and Annie Cost they were also four and zero. And so that's a really cool thing to see. Again, that depth in the lineup is what's getting the job done for everybody else. And so um, I don't know. I know that their ones pair of Alex Parkhurst and Sarah Blacker they looked really awesome this weekend too. I think. Um, Arizona is a team that's definitely maybe a little bit slept on this year. And so I think that they're going to be able to have some upsets coming up soon. Yeah. Kate, anything to add on the Atlanta's Arizona Sandy cats? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm stoked for, um, Elena and we don't get to see Arizona much. I, um, but from what I do see, Arizona is always a contender. So I'm excited to continue watching them, see how they do in the pack 12 and, yeah. <laughs> well, the other team that went 4-0 for the uh, Sandcats are the, their fives pair of Miranda Arrow and Annie Coaster Cost. So, um, I don't know, Charlie. Could be a different looking Pac-12 this year. <laughs> well, see, it's, I know, I know that the thing that I'm really excited about always in playing in the Pac-12, and I'm sure Kate too, um, playing just in general, I feel like the CCSA conference in Pac-12, we have like, there's this awesome depth in conference that like anytime you go to a conference tournament, you know that you're kind of like fighting out to the death with these other schools because of the fact that it's just such a high level of competition. Um, so I don't know. I think upping the playing fields with Pac-12s, having Arizona being such a talented team, having everybody in the Pac-12 being so talented only raises the bar and raises the level of playing. So you it's know. awesome. Well, let's jump back to the East Coast this time. And this was a pretty big one. Coastal Carolinas, the Chanticleers or Chanticleers. I mean, pretty amazing upsets. They take down um, Cal Poly, then they take down Washington. Um, I don't know a whole bunch about the team, except for a little birdie in my DM and Instagram saying, hey, you need to see what's happening with the Coastal Carolina. I'm not going to reveal my source, but it just is hilarious how I, how I even discovered the result. And I started watching it real time. Like, wow, this is happening. What do you guys know about Coastal Carolinas? And we'll start with you, Kate, being that it's closer to you. Yeah, I mean, I think Coastal Carolina, they've always been one of those teams that you can see they're building and they're each year they're building. And I think it's really cool that this year, I think they first, they had beaten Cal Poly 3-2. And it's like, wow, that's an amazing upset. Um, obviously, everybody, they're on everybody's radar, but you know, sometimes one upset, you can kind of be like, oh, maybe they were lucky, but then they went, they beat Washington also. So then, you know, they're not lucky and there's somebody to contend with. And I think it's really awesome to see them in the top 20 and they earned that spot and they deserve that spot. So um, I'm always happy to see other teams get their chance and get to shine. So I'm really happy that they're getting the recognition that they deserve from such a great performance this weekend. So we got to keep an eye out for them this season. <laughs> Well, that's one of those landmark wins. That is the first time that Coastal Carolina has been in any of the College Beach Volleyball Top 20 poll or the ABCA poll. So, you know, they're celebrating out there in, in Coastal Carolina, which is great for the for beach volleyball. So, uh, Charlie, anything to add on Coastal Carolina from this weekend? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I think you just said it there, Rob. Them being nationally ranked for the first time, and not just nationally ranked in one poll, they're nationally ranked in both the ABCA and the College Beach VB poll. So that's something to say. Like, that's an awesome feat in and of itself. Um, they're awesome. I I met I met two of their players at the Pairs National Championship in fall. We like shared a table as it's pouring rain in the players' tent. So we were all kind of crowding for tables and we shared a table with Coastal Carolina and we're kind of mutually cheering each other on. And so, and that was probably one of the earlier times, like I knew of Coastal Carolina, but didn't know too much about them. And so that was the first time that I kind of got to actively see them. Um, and I mean, I think that they're going to be a team to watch. I think them entering these polls, it goes back and speaks to the depth of NCAA beach volleyball in general. We're seeing more and more names enter and exit the polls than we've ever seen before. It's really cool that we've got this much talent in the sport of beach volleyball now. Yeah. You know, looking through the uh, boxes for Coastal Carolina this last weekend, the uh, pairs that were getting it done, their threes pair, Maddie Lichty and Sarlota Svobodova. And Madison Allred, you may recognize the last name, and her partner, Rachel Ellers. So uh, be on the lookout for the Chanticleers. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of new teams coming in. But I wanted to ask you, to as athletes, you know, we're seeing the threes through fives really become the difference makers in these duels already. That makes for an exciting season in my eyes. But I want to get your guys' take as the athletes that are competing. And let's, let's start with you, Kate, on your thoughts on these deep, deep flights that are the ones that are deciding duels and getting the big wins. I know. Yeah, I think um, as we know, each flight is the exact same importance. So five, even though it's five, it has it holds the same importance as one. And I mean, when you're at the ones and twos, you never know you who you're gonna play, what can happen. So I think really having a solid threes, fours, and fives that you can count on and like you have trust in is really crucial. As Charlie mentioned earlier, um, and previous years the teams that are the most successful are the ones with the most depth down the lineup so I think we're seeing that even more and more with just how duels will come down to the fives they'll come down to the fours and I think really being able to have a strong lineup from top to bottom is really critical if you're trying to win games you you can't have any throw seeds you you should really have confidence in all of your pairs and I mean starts with five so yeah, I think it's really cool to see um, duels come down to the fives. All right, good stuff. Charlie, thoughts? Couldn't agree more. I mean, again, I feel like it speaks to the depth and speaks to the strength of a team when you have strength at the three scores fives. I think you see in NCAA Beach Volleyball and really at most schools that you're going to have talent at the ones and twos. Like that's pretty common across the board that the ones and twos are going to be able to put up a super solid level of competition, regardless of what school is coming out there. I think once you see that that solid level of talent, that solid strength is coming in at the threes, fours, fives is when you start to see teams who are coming in and competing for national championship tournaments, because that's what it comes down to is if you put up five good pairs that can win, like Kate was saying, everybody, like everybody's weight is the same. There more points don't go to the ones for winning the ones more points don't go to the twos for winning the twos. Like everybody's weighted equally, which I think is such a cool piece of beach volleyball. So when you have strong three stores and fives, like you're unstoppable. Yep. Well, the uh, ABCA poll came out, I believe it was yesterday. And it was after I'd updated my data, I sent to you guys, but basically there's no shifting up through eight, I believe, or nine with the ninth team being Stanford. So that's UCLA one, Florida State two, TCU three, USC four, LSU five, Grand Canyon at six, LMU at seven, Georgia State eight, Stanford nine, and Hawaii 10. From beyond there, it's like a shuffle of the deck. And with Cal State and Georgia State, FIU. Sorry, Rob. That? I think that's a different poll. Um, ABCA. Um, no, ABCA, ABCA is different. We're up at number seven now um Stanford is on ABCA Ooh, I believe I clicked on the preseason then let me go back to February <laughs> 28th <laughs> oh I stand corrected up to seven. Oh, see I told you this data was coming out hot and I didn't get out to everyone <laughs> so for the most part yeah there was a lot of shifting we'll just say from eight on um but one of the teams I wanted to talk about that although they had two losses this week you got to look at Long Beach State because they lost 3-2 to USC and Grand Canyon. And we all know 
both of those teams are good. And it came down to the last court on all those duels. Um, something to be excited about for Big West and Long Beach State? Or what's your take on it, you guys? I think um, I was actually following those duels and I was, I really think Long Beach State is somebody to watch out for. Like you said, they went three, two with the four and six ranked school. So yeah, their record says oh and two, but it came down, it was close matches. Um, I think they're going to get their chance against big schools again, which will be really cool to see. And I'm really excited to see what they do, but I definitely think that they're a West, that they're a great West Coast um, school that is going to do big things this season. Yep. Charlie, what's your take? Yeah, I might even go so far as to say that Long Beach State is still underranked. They're in at the ABCA poll at 14, and I think they're in at the College Beach VB poll at 14 as well. Um, and I could be wrong. I'm double checking that before I, yep, I am correct. Um, they're in at 14 at both polls. And while we see a lot of talent in the top 15 schools, I think that Long Beach State might be a little bit undervalued for really how talented they are. Like putting up a 3-2 win on USC or a 3-2 loss on USC is still a very respectable game. I don't think, I think that most people, like again, with the historically how strong USC is with how big of a name that is, you take off two matches in a duel against USC and that's a good look for your program. So Long Beach State definitely should not be messed around with this season. Um, they're, they're out for some good stuff. All good stuff. I wanted to focus on our three other teams here, LSU and Florida State. And my other one to keep an eye on And Atlanta is proving to be either have great premonition because she's picked Washington and everything like player of the week, Chloe Lorraine, Nellie Robinson and Washington upsetting people and doing well. Well, you got Chloe Lorraine and Nellie Robinson as the ABCA pair of the week. And they did have some big wins, but let's go to the East coast teams, Florida state and LSU, whom Kate is going to be very familiar with, if not by wearing one of the team's uniforms, be seeing them a lot this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very, very familiar with both Florida state and LSU. Um, I think LSU they have their ones pair of Kylie DeBerg and Ellie Shank, which as we saw in the fall, they're a great pair. They won the national championship in Huntsville. So I'm really excited to see them play against other big, um, big schools this season. And then, yeah, they're, they have depth down the lineup. I think they're, or their twos is Grace Seitz and Parker Bracken, who they, Parker finished at ones last year and Grace finished at fours, so that's an experienced pair. I'm excited to see what they do. I think they also played together this fall in that Huntsville tournament. Yep. And then threes is um, Riley Allred, Hannah Brister. Um, Riley Allred's always been a great player, great defender. And then Hannah Brister, we haven't seen much of her, but I think she's a big, tall blocker that they always they always have the great blockers so that work really well with their defenders. And then their fours and fives, we're seeing some new faces. So I'm excited to, you know, get a good look at LSU. I know we're going to be playing them a lot this season, but they're always a really competitive team. Russell really gets them ready to go for season. So I'm really excited to see um, what they do this season. How about your take on LSU, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, again, I think Kate's been hitting the nail on the head pretty solidly all night. Uh, LSU is always a fun team to watch. I think that they're up there. Like, they're, again, they're historically a powerhouse school. They did their job this last weekend. So, honestly, I kept looking at, like, stats from them, and I was like, okay, yeah, LSU is doing their thing, um, which is awesome. I mean, it's kind of similar to the way that I was looking at the stats with you, Kate. Once you saw, once you hit 100 wins, I was like, yeah, she's pretty sick. I get it. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, LSU, again, we saw them win the Paris championship this fall. They've got a really solid ones and twos, like you were saying, and with their building and their lower lineup, LSU was one of those schools last year who you saw the most, who we saw the most strength in their threes, fours, fives. So I'm intrigued because right now I feel like we're seeing a lot of strength in their ones, twos, threes. And I'm intrigued to see with those fours, fives, with the mix-ups, with the new faces, how they kind of adjust to the new scene that is LSU beach volleyball. Um, given that additional shout out to my girl, Grace Seitz, she and I played club volleyball together since we were like 14. Um, and I know that she's been putting in the work for a lot of years. She came on pretty fresh to the scene of beach volleyball was a big indoor player to start. But I think that she's kind of one of those like 
similar stories to what we see out of a lot of LSU beach volleyball players. She was a little bit more beachy than a lot of the grad transfers that they end up taking in. But something that we see that LSU does really well is taking these really big blockers, pairing them with super highly talented defenders and creating fantastic pairs. I mean, like just to name one, like, you know, super unheard of pair, but Taryn Cloth and Kristen Nuss, like they are a pair that historically is one of the best pairs to come out of NCAA beach volleyball. And they're doing amazing things for Team USA national team. Um, so LSU clearly knows what they're doing. So they're, with no doubt, going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. Well, I want to jump over to FSU, your uh, former team here, uh, Kate. So why don't you start us off with uh, what we should expect to see from them, even though they kind of took an unexpected loss to the reigning ABCA pair of the week, just in one duel. Oh, yeah, they're one. It was a barn burner third set 2018. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw those scores. Um, FSU, they're always going to be good. Having Brooke and Nick, they'll get them. They'll get them ready for season. They'll be prepared. They do a lot of hard work in the off season, um, a lot of mental preparation. So I know that they're going to be great this season. I'm really excited to see them play. I'm actually, we're going to be at the same tournament as them this week. We play them on Sunday. Um, yeah, they have Maddie Anderson, Paige Kalkoff at the ones I have, I was on a team with Maddie for three years. She's amazing. We all know she's great, great blocker. Um, I haven't seen Paige play too much, but when I did see her, she's a great dynamic defender. So I'm excited to see that pair there. That's a new pair. I'm excited to see them. And then the twos, we have, uh, Raylan White, Alexis Durish. I played with Raylan for a while last season and she's a great, um, smart player very long arms very just very technically sound so she's she's hard to beat and then their threes is Jordan Polo Anna Long I also played with Anna last season and she's a really really great dynamic blocker so I'm excited to see um what those two do and then their fours and fives I think those two those ones were switching around but I know that they have a lot of depth and they have a lot of great players so I don't know what their lineup is going to be this week, but I know that they're always, they're always coming in hot. So <laughs> I'm excited to see them this season. <laughs> All right, Charlie, what say you? I think a general theme like that I'm seeing a lot with a lot of these top tier teams is that there's a super heavy, like heavily talented freshman pool this year. Um, heavier talent than I feel like years past, like not to talk down on that many classes prior, but I mean, even looking at, just looking at the skill that's coming out of this freshman class, like kind of across the board nationally, like we've seen very good pockets of freshmen in the past, but I feel like across the board, we're seeing a lot of talent in the freshman class. And I think FSU is like another school that's using freshmen super wisely. They've got, um, I know one of their freshmen, Kara Sasek, she was partners in juniors with one of my teammates, Ashley Vincent. I saw them over the summer. She was super talented. And I think she was paired up at the fours, for a little bit with another freshman and there was maybe one other freshman in the lineup for FSU, but then they've got this like super, super talented pool of upperclassmen as well. And it's funny to call Anna Long an upperclassman because I remember she was a freshman with you last year, Kate. Um, but she's also, I feel like because of the fact that she was thrown in and had this like wisdom to the game coming in as such a young player, now she feels like she's been around for a while, even though she's only been around a year. So I think FSU is doing some pretty awesome things with their lineup and their, again, like another another force to be reckoned with. I feel like that's like the theme is all of these schools are forces to be reckoned with. <laughs> <laughs> well, the final team, we're going to go West Coast is Washington. And obviously they've been doing it at the number ones with Chloe Lorraine and Natalie Robinson. But if you look through the um, stats for their team, it looks like they're twos and fives. They, they split this weekend, but they were critical in getting those upsets. And we may recognize one of the, the athletes, Tegan DeFalco and Shannon Gormali. Tegan DeFalco transferred from Grand Canyon, steps into the five spot, played in the ones and twos for Grand Canyon, but making a difference in that. And it's in the five spot. So like we were talking about, the deeper in the flights now is making the difference in these uh, duels. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out the rest of the season as the team start really uh, getting together and mending together and, and forming like a knowledge of their pairings and who's going to get those wins at, from knowing or becoming more familiar with their teammates. So yeah, still way too early. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, 
I feel like looking at Washington, I mean, coach Derek Olson, he has done an absolutely incredible thing with the Washington program. Um, He's taken a program that's historically been unranked way, just they've been a developmental program for years and he's turning them into a program that is nationally ranked that will stay in these national rankings that is here to compete with so many grad transfers, with so many transfers in, I think a lot of people are like, hey, I want to play for Derek because I know that he's going to be doing some incredible things. And seeing how much this team has improved over the years has been very cool to see. I mean, Atlanta called it that they were kind of the team to watch this season because we were all anticipating that they were going to be very solid. Um, and also to say, I feel like we were ta- we were on the theme of like, career um moments and natalie robinson of the national pair of the week of chloe and natalie um natalie became the all-time wins leader for uw she has 68 she finished i i don't know if she's past that now she might be but with 68 career beach wins she became the all-time wins leader for uw um so that's huge and i mean they're a very talented pair they are awesome to watch they're an awesome team that plays so I think that that's something that should not go unsaid. Like UW is doing a great job with their program and they are going to stay in the rankings from yeah. I hope here on out. Well, I know that we have gone really long, but it's because it's week one and there's a lot that happened. I, I can't remember a time where there's been these many milestones accomplished with upsets and, and there's been such a shifting, but it just goes to speak to how much talent is going deeper into that, the, AVCA and the College Beach VB polls. I mean, because you're seeing these teams that are have been traditionally bubble teams breaking into that top 20, which is exciting to see. Not fun if you're hanging in the teens and you get knocked out, but you know, that's part of the excitement here. And then you're seeing the shift in the we'll call it the the second tier of teams from you know four on. And that's that's just a dogfight in a big kind of way. So um with that, I, I wanted to find out what you guys are gonna be watching this week. And I know Atlanta. We'll be watching probably the same ones as Charlie. So, but I'm curious, Kate, go ahead and start off. What what uh, duels you'll be watching or tournaments you'll be watching this weekend? Because there's a lot. I'd say the main the main two I'll be watching is um, the Pac-12. It's the Pac-12 South, right, Charlie? So yep. that one has a lot of great teams. I know UCLA, USC will be there, Stanford, Cal. Oh, and then I think a few more. So Arizona, Atlanta will be there. Okay, I, I Arizona I State, the Utah. <laughs> Is it all the all the Pac-12 teams? Oh, okay. Yes. It's two sites. It's at USC Merle Norman Stadium. Okay. Uh, both will be going on both days. So, okay. uh, but I think not everyone will go to each other's site. I think I only see you on one day at Mapes at UCLA, Charlie, and same with uh, Atlanta. Yes. So we go our our days are we're at USC the first day and UCLA the second day I think it's cool that they're splitting it between both the LA sides I don't know why we haven't necessarily done that in the past when we've run a Pac-12 South out of LA because I feel like the timing just goes quicker that way um but yeah so all the Pac-12 schools will be there it'll be fun it's always fun when all the Pac-12 schools get together um there's bound to be some heated competitions this weekend there um I think in addition to that, I'm going to be watching the Best of the West tournament with Cal Poly, Hawaii, and Long Beach State. Because Long Beach State, again, team that we were just saying should not be slept on. Hawaii, a team that we were saying is super scrappy. They're great in wind. I just played them this weekend in some of the grittiest wind conditions that I've played in in a long time. It was blowing like 20 to 25 miles an hour on the beach. And um, they were doing great things. And Cal Poly is another team that dropped out of the rankings in the last week but we also know that Capali is not a team to get out of thought like they are they do great things coach Todd Rogers is notoriously fantastic at putting together a great program so that's a that's a trio of schools that will be really fun to watch um and then I think my last one I mean Kate you've mentioned this a couple times but there's this tournament that I hear that's going on in Tampa with a lot of good competition. There's FSU, there's TCU, there's Tampa, there's Georgia State, Florida Gulf Coast, GCU, Stetson. They're all in the same site. And I know that you had mentioned that you don't play all the teams, but I think that that's going to be like a huge East Coast tournament to watch that I'm very excited to stay tuned on. Yeah, and now GCU is kind of part of the East Coast now that they joined the CCSA. So <laughs> I guess we'll I guess we'll claim them now. <laughs> 
I mean, we were willing to claim them on the West Coast. I but know, but excited to go. <laughs> now, that yeah. Tampa tournament is going to be a gauntlet. I guess they'll put you guys in pools, so you're not going to see everyone that weekend, right? Yeah. Is that correct, Kate? Yeah, I don't think they're doing pools. I think everybody's just playing four duels. I think, and um, because we're playing Georgia State, Florida Gulf Coast, Florida State, and Tampa, but I know Florida State is playing Grand Canyon too. So I think it just depended on maybe, I don't know, um, who, if you're playing later in season and what they had time for, but yeah, not everybody's going to be playing each other, but it'll, it'll still be cool to, there'll be a lot of good uh, matches to keep up with. So, yeah. Well, I wanted to mention the best in the West that Charlie mentioned, because that's going to feature Hawaii, Long Beach State and Cal Poly. However, the site is pretty historical because the, Back in the 80s, the Laguna, actually even longer than that, Laguna Beach was the main scene for beach volleyball. Um, you know, they had their Laguna Beach Open going as far back as 56 years, if my, my dad is right. But um, a few people on a committee have said, let's bring it back and let's do it this way. And the AVP is stepping in to stream all the duels. Um, so, you know, go to Best in the West VB, uh, look them up on Instagram. They also have a website. But I believe it'll be free streaming. Uh, and I spoke to some of the people who are coordinators of this event. They want to try and get this to be a regular thing. And it's not put on by a university. It's by this group of um, volleyball fans who want to see volleyball come back to Laguna Beach and bring, hopefully get it bigger and bigger. Now, the beach is limited if you've been to Laguna Beach in a long time, but that beach is disappearing. But they can get four or five, six courts out there, which would be two duels going concurrently. So um definitely one to watch and i will personally be at pac 12 at the mape site on the mc host mics so i'm looking forward to seeing not only charlie and elena but the entire west of the pac 12 crew that's come on jade whitmarsh our our spot guest every once in a while and a few of the gals on sc as well megan and delaney so um looking forward to all the action but i want to see what's happening at that tampa tournament kate if uh, if you find out, yeah, I'll let you know if there's a live yeah. stream. They their courts might live stream. I'm not fully sure, but I'll let you yeah. know. So with that, that concludes week one, which is a long episode. I'm so sorry I kept everyone longer, but like I said, there's a lot going on. We'll get this dialed in, so we're right around 30, 40 minutes per week. And that's Kate Privet of TCU and Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford. We're missing Alana Rennie of Arizona this week, but we'll have her back on next week. So be sure to follow these athletes on the screen, their programs, NCA Volleyball. Go to their websites. Show the easiest way to support them, getting them clicks on their websites or visiting their social because People do track that information and that helps grow the game. So Charlie, Kate, thank you so much. And we'll chat next week for episode two. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Espero at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mic on Twitter.